Hey everyone, welcome back to Before the Coats, a podcast where we talk with pre-med students, physicians, and others within the healthcare world to give you an insight to what life is like as a pre-health student and prepare you for a career in healthcare. Today we'll be talking to Omid Buzapur, a current medical student, and his experience on the pre-health path. We are your hosts and members of the Culture of Medicine Committee in the UC Berkeley chapter of A. Um, AMSA. And my name is Christine. And my name is Sahaj. And as always, feel free to send in questions in the Google form linked in the description or in our Instagram bio at Before the Codes podcast. All right. So just for our guest today, we're just going to be asking some intro questions. So would you like to introduce yourself, uh, give us some background, and then we'll ask some other questions. So yeah. take it away. <laughs> Thanks. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Um, so my name's Omid. Uh, like they said, I'm a second year, or I guess technically a third year at UCSF. Um, so I'm on clinical rotations right now. Uh, I also went to Berkeley. Um, I graduated, yeah, <laughs> go Bears. <laughs> graduated in 2018 um, with a degree in MCB and a minor in computer science. Um, I took a gap year, and I'm sure we'll end up talking about that at some point, mm-hmm. but um, big fan of gap years. And then I started at UCSF, and it's been really, really great. Uh, not sure what specialty, but I'm thinking about emergency medicine. Let's see. Sweet. So um, I guess we can start about talking about undergrad since that's like what people are really heading in towards. So like during undergrad, did you have any activities that you participated in that like prepared you for med school or something that was completely opposite and really let you explore different um, fields? Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I kind of coming into undergrad, I knew I liked to teach. I had done some teaching, some like tutoring and um, mentorship type stuff when I was in high school. And so when I got to college, I was like, I'm going to try, you know, teaching in elementary schools. And I did um, the CalTeach program for a little bit. Uh, I also did some like peer, um, what are they? I don't even remember what they're called now. Like the UGSIs for, for Chem 1A. Oh, and yeah, so I, I did that, Yeah, super fun, right? Yeah. Um, so many, like, and it definitely, not only does it, like, help you, you know, cement your knowledge of, you know, chemistry, which admittedly doesn't come up a lot in med school, but, um, you know, still good to have that foundation. But um, I think, like, teaching is, at least the way I look at it, it's training how to communicate, right, how to explain things to people. And also, you kind of have to be able to receive knowledge from people and understand how they see things, um, which is a huge skill for, I mean, really anybody, but I think for those of us who are interested in being doctors or really anywhere in the medical profession, communication is so key. And I think that's really translated now that I'm in med school, there's a lot of back and forth between us and other team members, us and the patients, um, and having like that background in teaching has really helped. Um, Other things that I did in undergrad, you know, things that I just enjoyed, you know, dude, that's always what I say is like when you're trying to figure out what extracurricular should do is do the things that make you happy uh, because you'll do better in school. You'll feel better. You'll have a good time, which is an important component of college is having a good time. Um, and then also when it comes time to talk to whoever interviews you for med school or really any job, they're going to want to see that you have passion about something, anything. Um, and so I spent a lot of time like rock climbing when I was in college. Uh, I still do that. I like ran a decent amount. I played like I am sports. I sometimes just like slept on the glade and missed class. And like, that's fine too. You know, you gotta, that's what this, it's all about is having those experiences. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I feel like teaching is a really important skill, especially because like you have to be able to say it in a way that people can understand you, not just like how your brain understands it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's really interesting. Also, it is so much easier to teach it than to learn it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I learned. I was like, I can just like kind (laughs) of read off my thing and (laughs) they actually have to wait until it's, it's always those fall freshmen that come in and they've got some question that I've never even thought of. They're like, yeah. well, what about like if the valence electrons were reversed and like this, whatever? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that pushes you to learn like, more. So smart. And you're like, please don't ask me a question. <laughs> I definitely had students teach me stuff. They're like, here, look, look in the sex book. This is what it says. I'm like, oh, that's how, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you like, it's a give and take. It should be a mutual relationship. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what's so fun about being in GSI or UGSI is that like they're kind of your peers too. It's like a lot kind of, more fun to learn from them because they're less intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. You can really connect. I, I had, when I first, I was a GSI for Chem 1A um, and I had someone in my section who had lived on the same floor as me when we were freshmen <laughs> and I was like grading his papers. It was very strange, but it was kind of cool. Like we, we were really able to communicate and, and I think, uh, you know, it was, it was a good relationship. And then you realize that GSIs are just like us. They're just a little bit older. And they know more about whatever they're teaching you. Yeah, that's literally it. Yep. Um, So do you have any, I guess you kind of went over it already, but do you have any advice for pre-med students, I guess in general or um, getting into medical school or just surviving, period? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I think general advice, you know, is don't, I think one of my favorite pieces of advice for anybody is don't feel like you have to do anything. You know, um, there's a lot of things that I think people see as like the prescribed things that you should do for med school um, or for any career. There's like things that you see, and you're like, oh, I got to do that because I saw so-and-so doing it. Um, and if, it, if it's something you're passionate about, like, absolutely. But don't be afraid to like try other things and like try to find your own way. Um, cause sometimes you'll find things that like you really like, and you might find things you don't, but like being able to try those things, especially at an institution as big as Berkeley. Um, but really any, like all colleges have such a, a breadth of experience and a breadth of students. You want to meet as many of them as you can, because everyone's got something new to teach you and some new perspective. Um, and it'll really make you kind of later on, whatever you end up doing, you'll kind of feel more well-rounded, um, so that's, I think, my general advice in terms of like how to succeed. Uh, it's it kind of goes along with the same thing. I, I I always I end up falling back on a lot of cliches, and I feel bad because like I'm sure you've heard someone say this, but like you have to know yourself, <laughs> and that's and it's, it's like and that that sounds so cheesy, but um, really it is like you the way you do the best is by finding out what works for you, you know, and that uh, you might not know even where to start in like that kind of self-discovery. Um, and so sometimes mimicking other people or like trying out what other people do is a good way to learn that. But at the end of the day, what works for someone else might not be what works for you. And so like you, just because you meet a successful person that does something a certain way, doesn't mean that has to be your way. Um, you know? And so, yeah, just like really, giving yourself the space to find out what works. And that's like study habits, that's extracurriculars, that's, you know, 
if you have like certain stress outlets that you need to find. Um, and college is like, that's where you find all that stuff. That's when you really, you can like try new things. There's a lot of options. Um, it's definitely a stressful time at, at points. Uh, I won't deny that. But when, as you learn how to handle it, um, I mean, if you talk to like seniors versus freshmen, the seniors seem so relaxed. And part of that is that they've just, they've, they've been through it and they've, they've found things that work for them. Um, and the sooner you do that, the better you'll do. And so I think just kind of paying attention to what works for you. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think I've, I've kind of been through that as well. Um, and also trying to copy what people do and realizing like, that's not a prescription for everybody. Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, it's also one of those things I remember someone when I was a freshman there was a a guy who told me he's like there will always be someone doing a little more than you like there with so many students out there like it's you're you won't always be able to do like everything you know and and sometimes you're gonna have to accept that like it's not for you you know to like push so much harder or like add on that extra extra extracurricular you know you have to sleep too and like you should still be having fun um and so like finding what works for you maybe you don't have to study 20 hours a week maybe you only need to study like 10 or 5 I don't know I don't want to those aren't real numbers don't like take those I was gonna say I definitely study way more than five hours a week (laughs) yeah no no I mean just like there will be some people that you'll see who just live And if that works for them, that's great. But I often find that people who do that don't, like, it's part of their routine, but they're not necessarily making the best use of that time. And so you might be able to, like, you shouldn't feel bad if you don't need as much time or if you find ways to shorten your time in the library. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Thank you for that. Yeah, that was a good discussion, I thought. Sorry for not really contributing, but what you guys had was a pretty good back and forth, and I just really enjoyed listening to that. Um. So that was just the first couple of questions we had about undergrads. So next we're just going to talk about like choosing, right? Like as like you chose, as you chose Berkeley, right? You apply and then you go through pros and cons of different colleges. So how was your process for applying for medical school? So, yeah. so that's, yeah. that is the tough thing. Cause I think at the end of the day, like, there's so much that you don't know about a school until you get there, right? And you've never even been to med school. How do you know what you want in a school? Um, there are things that people like always talk about, you know, um, environment, I think is something that really matters. And by that, I mean like urban or rural or somewhere in between. Um, and like, you know, climate, what part of the country, those are things. And I know, like for me, when I applied to med school, I was like, I will go anywhere that takes me. Like, I can't afford to be picky. And so when I applied, I was like, well, I'll just apply everywhere because, like, how do I? But you can't do that because that's, like, way too many schools. Um, and so then you, you have to just kind of force yourself to find reasons to, to rule out schools. You know, oftentimes it's something as simple as, like, their secondary was too long. I ended up not applying to Duke simply because they have one of the longest secondary applications. And I was like, I'm not about to write all those essays. <laughs> so like, you're not always going to have a good reason. Sometimes that's just like part of it when you're building your list. Um, but I think if you want to get really concrete, uh, some of the best, like most useful conversations I had were talking to students. Um, and so like, if you know anyone at that school, that's usually a good way. And oftentimes, um, 
the school admins will have uh, like opportunities to talk to med students. So, or like even doctors that work at those institutions, really anyone who can give you kind of an inside perspective. Uh, that's one good thing. Let me think, what else did I use? There's, there's some like more concrete details, um, like the type of curriculum, medical school curriculum, everyone learns the same stuff, but there's actually like pretty big variation in the ways it's, it's done. You know, some schools like my school, we have, um, open note, I mean, not open note, uh, free response tests, like long form paragraph answer exams, which is very unusual. Most schools have multiple choice. For me, that wasn't like a factor that was going to make me decide to or not to apply um, here. But, you know, that might be something that you want to consider. Uh, also, uh, some schools have one and a half years of preclinical before they go to clinical rotations, and some have two years. And there's, you know, different schools of thought on how that makes you develop as a doctor and, uh, you know, what that might work better or worse for you. I think at the end of the day, like, you're going to get a medical education. It's kind of like picking an undergrad. I think when we got to, or at least I don't know about y'all, I can't speak to you, but when I got to college, I realized that like all this stuff I thought about, like I have to get to the best college because like that's the only way I'm going to succeed. And when you get here, you really realize that people can succeed at any college. You know, you're going to get the learning and what you do once you get there is probably more important than where you actually end up. And I think that's definitely true for med school as well. I know there's a big, I, I don't necessarily feel like I'm qualified to talk on the difference between DO and MD schools, but I know that a really common thing for med students or pre-meds is like, oh, like DO schools aren't as prestigious. And I, I like, I don't know if I'll be successful if I go to one of those. Um, and that's like not strictly true. You know, there's a lot of like great DO docs that I've worked with. Um, they get jobs at like very competitive residencies and otherwise. So, you know, just, um, it's it's kind of what matters to you. Does yeah. that, that all make sense? <laughs> yeah. How many did you end up applying to? And did you apply did you apply to any DOs or was it just MD schools? So I didn't apply to any DO schools. Um, mostly just because I didn't know anything about them. And at the time I, it was kind of like that whole thing of, oh, they're not as fancy, like whatever. And I I didn't really know better at the time. Um I ended up applying to 30 schools. Um but I only completed the secondaries for 28 of them um, because Miami and Duke have like insanely long secondaries. And I was like, that's not happening. I like, I don't need to go. Miami sounds great. You know, I'm sure they have a lot of fun, but I, I couldn't bring myself to, to do the secondary. Um, and I don't know if you know that much about the secondary process, but essentially every school gives you some essays to do and they're like so repetitive, but at the same time, the prompts are like just a little bit different where you can't completely like copy reuse and paste your it. Yeah, you can't copy it because like the, the length will be different or the wording will be slightly different. Um, or sometimes they'll hit you with that like, so why do you want to go to this school? And then you've got to justify okay. it. And I like we've talked about, I mean, it's, it's hard to really justify like why that school, like because they teach medicine and that's what I want. Like, is that a good reason to go? I don't know. Um, I remember writing an essay for, I think it was Einstein or maybe it was uh, SUNY. So, um, I don't even know what SUNY stands for. It's in New York. But 
they were like, why do you feel like you have a connection to New York? And I had never been to New York. <laughs> I was like, well, I think New York is kind of like San Francisco. Um, so I think I'd be great there. And like, that was, I mean, you do what you can, but I mean, obviously I would have gone if I had gotten in and like, that was, um, uh, and I didn't have like other options that I thought were better for me. But at the time, like, I couldn't justify why I wanted to go to New York. And sometimes that'll be kind of how it is. Okay, so <laughs> that was great. Uh, I think so. We ha our next question was essentially like, what qualities or characteristics you looked for. But I think you answered a lot of those. Like, you talked about Dio versus MD. You talked about um, specialties and like the difference and how they pretty much all have the same things. And then you talked about like how they all have different preclinical um, lives. So I think we got a good enough answer for that in that discussion. I would say. Yeah. So well, one thing I could add, if you want to just really quick there are certain institutions that are known for certain specialties. Um, and there are certain institutions that have, like every institution has departments that are like especially great, you know, where they have like that one faculty that's, you know, groundbreaking in, you know, cardiothoracic surgery or whatever, like special thing. All the like really big academic institutions will have kind of top level people in most of the big fields. But if you're someone who knows what you want to go into, that is something that you can think about. Um, sometimes people also will look at what percentage of grads go into what specialties. Um, cause some medical schools tend to put out more, you know, surgeons or more, <clears throat> more ED uh, residents or something like that. And so if that's something that you, you like know you're interested in a certain path, um, that's also something you can consider. Uh, or if there's like a certain doc, you're like, wow, this doctor like did all the great work. I just want to work with them no matter what, then like, by all means go to that school yeah okay thank you so thank you for adding on to that um and then just one more quick question about choosing so like if you think this is private then you can keep it to yourself but our essentially our question was like how did you ultimately decide on like which med school was most appropriate so like i don't know i don't know how many med schools you got <laughs> accepted to like if we wanted yeah. to have like a school to school comparison or if you wanted to you can keep that to yourself i know some people are pretty private about where they got in and where they didn't that's fine but just essentially like how did you end up getting in like choosing ucsf as like oh this is where i want to spend my next years like working towards that and then like what factors really like help that process compared to other schools you got accepted to where you wanted that you applied to yeah definitely um, yeah, I'm like happy to, you know, fully lay it out. So I, some people just aren't like, and very understandable. It's, it. it's one of those things. <laughs> it's up to you. If you yeah, want. No, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Uh, so for me, I got, I don't know how many interviews, I think it was like five four or five. So I didn't have like an incredibly extensive interview process. I know some people end up getting like interviews at all their schools and I, Maybe my writing wasn't that good, or maybe who knows? You know, it's there's a lot of randomness in the application cycle, and I think it's hard to read into how well someone does or doesn't do. But anyways, I got like five interviews, I think, or four, um, which I felt like was great. And then I went on those interviews, and I got into USC Keck, um, and I got waitlisted at UCSF and some other schools. Um, and a lot of schools don't really decline you until the end. They'll just like put you deep on the wait list and you don't really know. That is kind of frustrating. But essentially I got into Keck and I was like, I'm going to Keck. Like, that's great. And I, I was like 
revving my brain up to go to LA because um, I've lived in the Bay my whole life. And I was like, okay, like it's time to, I was l- listening to like music from LA artists and like kind of <laughs> getting the vibe. I was like, I got to update my wardrobe to go like step up with the LA community. <laughs> um, and then I got into UCSF and I was like, well, now I have a choice. Um, and for me, it was pretty easy in part because I've been in the Bay so long. I love the Bay. And I've, I've been working, I had worked at UCSF during undergrad. So I'd already kind of known, like, that was my top choice. Like, if I had a chance to stay and, like, go to this institution where I knew people and, um, you know, a lot of my friends live in the Bay, that would be the place to go. And also, um, just financially, UCSF, even though San Francisco is such an expensive city, UCSF's tuition is relatively low. You know, it's a public school. And so for me, that was, at the end of the day, that was, that was the deal breaker. I was like, well, if I can do this with taking like half as many loans, like that's the thing to do. Um, but I, I, I would have been so happy to go to USC. Um, and ironically enough, they have like a really good emergency med program, which is something I'm thinking about going into. So, you know, it would have been great no matter what. Uh, but that's, that's mainly how I ended up uh, at UCSF was that way. Where are you from? Can I ask? Yeah, I grew up in Moraga. It's like um, kind of between Oakland and Walnut Creek. So just like east. Yeah, so you're super close. Super, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I grew up there, Berkeley, and then like across the bay to San Francisco, and then residency in Hawaii is the plan. Keep going, keep going west. Moraga's where St. Mary's is, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. That's our like one notable thing there. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> St. Mary's. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure lots of people have had the same experience as you. I mean, that's how many people also chose undergrad, right? Totally. That's how I did it. You know, you look at the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Berkeley for me was an in-school, in-state, so like obviously cheaper and you're like closer to home. It's just like, yeah, it looks at the fit. So, I mean, I'm sure lots of people have gone through the same experience as you have. So, I'll, I mean, I really appreciate you putting that out and Yeah. So I think that was a good discussion on how you chose your med school. If there's anything you want to add, just interrupt me anytime. <laughs> sure. Um, so next we're going to go to one of like, obviously the biggest topic is COVID and how it has affected um, like med school students and applications around the world. So you said you were a sophomore, right? So you applied before COVID. Started. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was a little over halfway through my second year when things shut down or my first year. Sorry. My first year. Your first year. Okay. So you were a freshman. Okay. So, um, obviously you like, you didn't go through it. You went through the application process before COVID, (laughs) but how do you think like, if you had to guess, or if you like have heard anything about it, how do you think COVID-19 has changed the application process or the med school experience for you? Like now, like now that things are starting to get back ramped up, like we're probably going back to school next semester. If you're not back already, like, how do you think, COVID-19 will have changed your med school experience or for like incoming freshmen, how do you think it'll have changed like the application process for future years to come? So just any insight would be great. Yeah. All, all about the COVID. I think that's like every, every panel, everything I've like ever been to, it's always one question is like, so what about COVID though? <laughs> uh, and, if, and for all of you who are like in class now, if you ever have a speaker, like that's a perfect question to ask. And anytime you're in an interview, but anyways, um, so for me, um, yeah, so I was already in med school, which was great. Um, COVID, unfortunately, kind of cut my, my in-person preclinical short. 
And the unfortunate thing about that is that, um, so medical school is is interesting because you really like you have a class of you know 150 something like that, and you're all going through classes together for the first you know year and a half to two years, and then rotations start and you're all like scattered to the wind because we're not particularly useful at this point in our training. And so like, there's not much sense in having like four med students in one group. It's usually like one or two med students per team um, throughout like the medical system. And so basically from the end of preclinicals to the end of everything, you're not really gonna see your classmates as much. Um, and so the, the tough part for me was that after like making friends and, you know, kind of building these social connections in the first you know, three quarters of that first year. And then suddenly, like, I'm only seeing people on Zoom um, or, like, at a distance in a park. And even that wasn't happening a whole lot. Um, it definitely, like, changed the, just the social dynamic of being in med school and definitely, I think, made it a lot harder. Um, like with anything, you know, having people to go through it with you is is what makes, is is really, at least for me, something that helps me, like, stay focused and stay sane. Um, and also just like being able to go to the hospital and like see patients and remember why you're doing this. Um, cause you know, what happened was when COVID hit, there was a halt on all clinical hands-on experience. Um, and I think at least for me, and I think for a lot of students that I've talked to, that's what keeps you motivated when you're like, why do I have to memorize like the bilirubin pathway through the liver, like this is not, but when you go and talk to a patient, you're like, oh, you have a problem with your liver. Like I know what's going on. That reminds you like why what you're learning is important. Um, and so to lose that aspect along with the social aspect. And I mean, as I'm sure you all know, like being stuck behind a computer all day is not the, not the funnest way to learn. Um, and so just that, that whole compounding of things, it made it very difficult. Um, and one of the really amazing things that I found um, was that UCSF and I think a lot of med schools really adjusted to provide, you know, like we got exam delays where they were like, you don't have to take it. You can take it like any time in this week window um, or, you know, like take it whenever you feel or uh, where, you know, all of our lectures are going to be recorded, even the ones that we weren't going to record because we know that like people are having trouble staying on Zoom for so long. Um, and that's something that I feel like would not have happened at, it definitely wouldn't have happened at Berkeley. <laughs> I love Berkeley, but like, they're very much a sink or swim kind of like, like you'll figure this out. But in med school, they're much more attentive. Like if I miss a class, they'll email me like, Hey, we just want to make sure you're okay. And you're taking time for yourself and everything. So, um, COVID was, it was definitely a struggle is a struggle, but there were a lot of good opportunities for the institution to step up and kind of let's, let's circle it back. We're going to, we're going to um, spiral it here. Uh, when you're picking a school, something to think about is how they support their students. Um, and like every school will say, you know, Oh, we do, we do wellness weeks and we, we, you know, check in on people. But I think talking to students about like really how, how supported they feel um, is the best way to assess something like that. And you can really ask them, like, hey, when the pandemic hit, like, how accommodating was your school? Like, how did they support students? And how, how have they adjusted since? Because, um, I mean, there was definitely a lot of frustration. I don't think everyone was, like, fully satisfied with the way things went on our end. But 
I mean, within the limitations of what a school can do, I feel like we did okay. I feel like I turned out okay, and I like made it to the next step without feeling like I really lost a lot, which was great. Um, for the new students, I can't speak for them. Um, I know that's really hard. Like going to school with people you've never met in person is uh, a strange thing to be sure. I'm, you guys probably have that, right? Like you're in classes with people that you've never met before. Oh yeah, no. I think <laughs> I've met new people, but then like there's no like opportunity to like really get close to anybody anymore. You know? Yeah. You well, don't have that do, like, like side conversation thing you can do like, <laughs> during class. You know? <laughs> you gotta use that private message. It's all about the private message. Yeah. Or the, the private Slack channel. Like um, people who've like been in my Chem One A class at our UGSI, they're like, Oh yeah. Oh, are you my teacher? Oh, I'm so famous. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. No, it's and you can't like hit some up be like hey you want to like talk in this breakout room real quick like what are we gonna yeah then it's weird <laughs> not gonna and you know people got their video off someone's in their pajamas eating cereal it's it's just not really the right environment uh for those kinds of connections and so yeah i think that's the thing for at least people that are in school now that i'm on rotations it's about the same um the only difference is that there's such a new focus on pp and that kind of stuff, which is fine, you know, it's good to learn that. And I got vaccinated, like, right before I went on to the hospital rotations, so it kind of, like, um, it, the pressure was off a little bit, as opposed to, I know there were some students that were in the hospital, like, before they were vaccinated, and it's definitely a different feeling. Um, the one thing, I know you also asked about the application process. Um, and that I don't know as much about. I think I would assume that it's a little bit harder to interview over Zoom. I, at least for me, I think when I interview, I love to, it's really important to like read the facial expressions and like make eye contact. But making eye contact on Zoom means staring at the camera instead of at the screen. And so you're really not making it. It's just, it's a whole thing. <laughs> um, so I'm definitely difficulties. And, you know, one of the fun, like the small redeeming factors of the med school application process, for me at least, was getting to fly to like other parts of the country and, you know, visit friends. And like, I finally got to go to New York. I'd never been. And I was like, wow, this is great. Like, after my interview, I like walked around Central Park and I was like, this is kind of cool that I got to do that. Um, on the flip side of that, it might be good that the interviews are remote because people uh, can apply to more schools without the financial burden of those interviews, um, which I know, like, because they don't, you know, they don't play for flights. Rarely will they help provide housing. Like, it can be, you really rack up a bill, um, especially if you get, like, a lot of interviews. And so it might actually be good that they've, like, gone to this digital format. But going on the other side, you don't get to see the school, and you don't get to, like, you know, walk around campus and feel the vibes or whatever. So, yeah. and just ask random students like on the street, like, what are they? Yeah, exactly. Or like, not even students. I think one of my favorite parts of any interview trip was walking in the area around the hospital and kind of seeing, like, you know, what are the people like here? What is what is the the feeling? And you know, um, yeah, it's just it's really a feel thing. Um, 
but at the end of the day, I was like, hey, if I get in, I'm coming here. Like, I don't I just need one. I just need one. Just exactly. need, and it only takes one. I've had, like, a bunch of friends who, you know, they got, like, one interview, and they went to that interview, and they got in, and they got into that one, and that's the way they went. And now they're going into residency, and they're happy, and, like, it's, you know, it only takes one. So for UCSF, because you said you're in rotation now, so are mm. they a one-and-a-half preclinical school? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we did one and a half, and we're actually extra weird because usually it's one and a half, step one, which is, uh, you could think of it like the MCAT, but it's like a, it's testing all that stuff you learned in the year and a half. So usually it's a year and a half, step one, and then rotations, but UCSF likes to be fancy and different. So we're doing one and a half rotations, and then let's see how much you remember from that first one and a half, then we take step one. (laughs) I, I mean, I'm fine with whatever. I'll do whatever they ask me to do, but <laughs> it's definitely, it's a different structure, yeah. So um, since we do have a living med- medical student here today, <laughs> what is day in a life look like for you? I know that you said you just got off rotation. So um, like how early do you have to wake up? What's your usual day-to-day life as a medical student? <laughs> yeah, living might be a stretch. No, no I'm <laughs> We're doing all right. Um, so for my last, it's really variable. It kind of depends. The idea is that you're mimicking the schedule of a resident. Um, so for these last couple of weeks, I was waking up at 5.30, getting to the hospital by 6.30, um, and then usually leaving around 5, 5.30, sometimes 6, depending on how busy things are. Um, so they they can be pretty long days uh, on the rotations. And like when I was on labor delivery, the ships were around 12 hours. Um, and, but it really, yeah, it totally depends. Cause like you could be doing outpatient, which is essentially like nine to five or eight to four or whatever. Um, you could be doing inpatient, which is longer. And then sometimes you'll get, <laughs> you always want to find the cool residents who let you out early. I mean, I love working and I love being in the hospital and like learning and, you know, whatever. I'm here to learn. But uh, when like two, three o'clock rolls around, the day starts to slow down a little bit. And sometimes you'll get a resident who'll say like, hey, you know, we don't really have a lot else for you to do. You can just go home and you just you got to go like you don't you can't like everyone always has this temptation. And I do this all the time where I'm like, oh, are you sure? Like, I can stay like I'm happy to. I like being here. It's fine. And they're like, no, 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 like go. Um, Cause you really, you got to take care of yourself. And um, before we hopped on the call, I was talking about like taking the shelf exam. So each rotation has a shelf and you actually have to study for that. So if you imagine like working 12 hours a day and then like coming home, studying, sleeping, and then repeating, like it's, it can uh, definitely wear on you. It's no surprise that um, a lot of med students, according to their friends, they, disappear when they go on rotations it's hard to hard to track us down (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean and it's like work that you're not getting paid for too right like actually you're paying for it (laughs) yeah no exactly they're like paying you're paying them for for me to come work here um but I mean admittedly I'm not that useful like I don't think my work is worth a ton right now (laughs) (laughs) wait so what do you do as like do you shadow do you actually do some sort of work do you get to talk to the patients um, yeah, you get to do a lot, actually. Um, I mean, it's 
it's always tricky because different attendings and visits will have different comfort levels with how much they're willing to let you do. And part of that is also you demonstrating them that you're ready to do something. So a lot of times, like my first day on a rotation, they'll be like, okay, you just like stand in the corner and don't touch anything and like listen to how we do it. And then we'll give you a shot. Um, but sometimes they're like, yeah, like you can, you can take a history, right? Like, yeah, go talk to the patient without me. Like, I, I trust you. And I'm like, are you sure? Like, I don't trust me yet. Like, <laughs> so, you know, you'll really, you'll be all over the place, but kind of um, to the upper end of it. Yeah. Like history taking, physical exams, note writing are kind of like the classics. Um, if you get in surgery, they'll have you like <laughs> closing up. Um, small incisions sometimes they'll let you like actually do an incision but i think usually that's not something although i haven't been on surgery yet so i can't don't know for sure but yeah they'll like there are opportunities you really do get in and and the more enthusiasm and the more um competency you show the more they'll let you try um which is true for a lot of things but i think especially on rotations that's how they gauge like is this med student worth my time is this because the thing is also um, if you have someone who like, they, they know they're going to be a radiologist, like all they want to do is read images and like, they'll know everything about an x-ray. And then they're in the OR. Cause like you have to be, cause we rotate, everyone rotates to the OR. It's no surprise if they don't want to do anything and that's fine. So then they just, then you, they might not like get in as involved. So are there any similarities and differences that you see between undergrad and medical school? And also something I've always wondered is, so, you know, undergrad, we have summer and stuff like that. What does a medical student do during their summers? <laughs> or like, do you have that? Do you just never like take a break or like? <laughs> summer. What is that? No, I just, um, yeah. So I, I'll start with summer just cause I think it's funnier. Um, we, I do not get a summer break this year. Um, on rotations, you do pretty much a year straight um, with small vacations. So um, at, at UCSF, we get like two or three two-week vacations that are kind of like interspersed throughout the year. Um, other schools, it might be different. But usually, like, you get some vacation, but for the most part, it's year-round. Um, for But you do get a summer break after your first year of med school. Um, and it's tricky because just like at Berkeley, you are like, you know that this is essentially one of your last summer vacations. Um, and so you want to go do something fun, but there's always that pressure of like, oh, I could be doing research all summer. Um, and a lot of people end up doing research. This year, I was almost fortunate, I guess, that COVID was like, you don't have the option to go on vacation. And so I just did like research projects because I couldn't go anywhere anyways. I was like, might as well get some work done. Um, but there is, yeah, a, a true summer there. And then match happens in March. Do you all know about the match? Is that matching to a residency program after? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So that's, that's a whole nother thing. And I'm too far away from that to really give you insight into that. But it happens before your fourth year ends. And so once you've matched, depending on what your schedule looks like, a lot of students end up with a lot more free time and residency starts usually in like July. Um, and so like, that's also kind of a summer break, uh, but for the most part, yeah, there's not a lot of 
traditional summer breaks going on. Not like what you have now. Um, you have a question. You know, honestly, the thing is that like all my friends that graduated from Berkeley at the same time as me, the ones that have real jobs, you know, they don't get summer break either. So yeah, when you grow up, that's when you realize like summer break doesn't exist. After no summer break. Yeah, you get like, what is it? Two weeks a year or something. That's crazy to me. I don't know. I guess that's that's the lesson, right? Is you can't wait for vacation to have fun. You gotta you gotta fit it in where you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh my god, I had another question, but I can't even remember. I think you you were asking about um, similarities between undergrad and med school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's oddly quite different, and I'm not sure if that's because I'm different. You know, I mean, if you even like if you were to compare the freshman versus the senior experience at Berkeley. Like that in of itself is very different. And part of that is probably just that the seniors learn to like cope with certain things. Um, I think the same is probably true for med students versus undergrads. Um, Even if you're someone who goes like straight through, which is, I did not. But I think even if I did, I'm a different person. You know, I have different study habits. I have like, I know how to cook better. I do other, like, (laughs) there are, like, things that I've learned um, that make my habits different, and the way I learn is a little bit different. Um, It's definitely, like, some of the skills that you build in undergrad will still help you, you know, like, if, I I didn't do this, but if you've somehow managed to establish a good sleep schedule, (laughs) then that will definitely serve you in anything. Um, But, yeah, you know, because the interesting thing about med school is you're learning, although every system is different and like learning different types of medicine, I think requires like a different way of thinking slightly. It's still all medicine. You know, it's not like you're doing math and then history and then like biology. Like those are completely different. So in some ways, you don't have to be as flexible of a learner once you find something that works for you. But what works for you is quite likely not the same thing that worked for you in undergrad. Um, you know, the fun is still there. Like, there's still a lot of goofing off, but everyone's a little bit older. <laughs> you know, like, I'm, I think I'm technically on the younger end. I think our average age in my class was 25 when I started. As a um, first year, 25? 25. Or maybe 24. It's definitely like the average is higher. And it also probably varies from program to program. But it's definitely like when your classmates, some of them are married, some of them have kids. Um, People are like, you know, doing, they're at different stages in their life. So things are just different. Um, Some of them have worked in like whole entire industries and they already know like everything there is to know about accounting. And they were like, you know, medicine actually sounds like a better move. So it's just it definitely changes. It's a different game, um, but it's still like a lot of fun. Social is like aspect is completely different as well because of that. It's it's somehow more different and also the same. I think what's interesting about med school is that the school is so small, the class is much smaller, so you see the same people like a lot more, which is I think really nice. Um, and you end up hanging out with people that you wouldn't have normally, which maybe 
at the end of the day is like the whole point of they always talk about this like what do you bring to the diversity of the class um and i think that's that's the value of that is that you when you're in such a small group you're forced to interact with people i mean i love all my friends from berkeley um but like they're all pre-meds we all kind of had a say a similar direction we did different things but the there's this like kind of common vibe in med school i feel like there's a lot of people from like different parts of the country, different backgrounds, different, um, you know, career trajectories, different ages. Um, and it makes for some really interesting, um, and fun times together, but it is different. Yeah. Oh, I remembered my, <laughs> I remembered my question. <laughs> I was going to ask, um, so you're saying that you did research during the summer. Do people usually do research at the schools that they go to or do they like, you try to look for, you know, like an undergrad, you like look for internships, like where mm -hmm. you can get an internship, mm -hmm. you know, like, or like at a <laughs> or something. Yeah. So no, that is completely different. Um, basically everyone does research at the institution in part because there's so many more positions than there are students looking for positions. Oh, really? Which is like such a bizarre concept to even conceptualize coming yeah, from Berkeley, like where you, you fight for like research positions you don't even want. Like, yeah, in, in med school, there's there, like people love med students. I, I guess I should say that. Um, I think the, the admissions dean at USC told me that. She's like, nobody likes doctors because they think they're arrogant. And nobody likes pre-meds because they are like, trying too hard but everyone loves med students and that's kind of true like people love working with us they they like always want a med student to work on the project it's a similar kind of deal where you don't get paid a whole lot um that's yeah it's that's another can of worms we can open another discussion but um yeah there are lots of opportunities at the university and so there's no need to go outside unless you want to you know i, I definitely had friends who were like interested in startup culture or they're interested in like tech or consulting or something else, you know, community organizing where it was more for them to get out in the world and like find something else. But really it's like, if something that you do, you want to do is available at the school, it'll, it will be available to you most of the time. Um, I don't know if that's true for all med schools, but I would assume it is like, they're very accommodating and there's a lot of room you know, for 150 med students to really spread out across a, a medical system. That's actually really um, less stressful to hear, I feel like. Because I, um, I think especially in like, I mean, I guess not everyone who might listen to this goes to Berkeley, but like, like if you talk about your app, um, which is- Oh like, gosh, yeah. I, did I didn't even try. I was like, no, <laughs> like everybody, I try to go like a different route or like work study or, you know, like other people, because like, it's so hard to get a research position. Um, oh, it's impossible. I remember I wrote an entire cover letter about how passionate I was about squirrel research. Did not get that one, but it's like a squirrel researcher on UREP. And I was just like, you know, that sounds like something I could do. Like, let me talk about squirrels for a minute. Um, yeah, it's it's such a struggle. Um, and, you know, if you're someone who's looking for research, hang in there. You know, keep, keep shooting your shot. Uh, cold emails are hard. Um, I always found that it was easier to find research the farther you go from campus. Uh, and I actually ended up doing, I, during undergrad, I did research at UCSF, um, because I was willing to commute out there 
Um, and so maybe for people who are looking for research, that's something that you can see if you have the time for. Um, but yeah, med school is, is med school, you have the other problem. And the problem that we were talking about earlier, picking what it is that you want. Because um, you can do so many things, and it's like, well, Got choices. Never heard of her. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, too many, too many good choices. Um, Sahaj, do you want to take the next question? Yeah. So we well, that was a good discussion. I thought. Um, so now we're going to talk about just some stuff that you do in med school, right? So my question essentially is like, what are some of the most interesting classes that you have taken? you are taking or that you want to take in medical school and, or something that's like piqued your interest and was like, I could see myself doing this in the future just because some classes do that. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think I have, I'm the kind of person that like, I can find interesting things like anywhere, which is I I'm like really interested in some of the broader medical fields, emergency, um, pediatrics, like that kind of, um, kind of broader, things i think for me like anytime we get um we do these like simulations or we do these cases where you get this like undifferentiated patient with a kind of vague chief complaint so they come in and they're like i have a cough for two days or whatever and you have to it's like a game i don't know you get to like dig through the history like oh she she traveled to you know new england last week and she lives with, she has like two dogs and, you know, a baby cousin at home and her mom had a heart attack one time, like, and you're trying to like put all the pieces together and figure out what's wrong with them. Um, I love that process. I think that's like really interesting. And for me, that's like the fun, fun part of medicine. I don't so much love the like memorizing different genes and that kind of stuff, although that is equally important. Um, but yeah, we, we don't see the, the tricky thing is we don't have like distinct classes necessarily. We kind of just do like everything together. Um, but I had some really good lectures, like the best lectures that do these case-based like walkthroughs. Well, they'll just kind of pull the group like, all right, does anyone like what questions do you want to ask? And they'll pretend to be the patient and like give, feed you answers. Um, I think those are some of the most fun. Yeah, I actually, we do a couple like case studies and like different, like, like pre-med based clubs. And those are always the, like the funnest ones too. Yeah. Um, so I guess, I mean, I feel like the answer is going to be no, just because I feel like medical students are very busy. <laughs> um, are you in any extracurricular activities in medical school or outside? I knew I, I knew somebody. So my boss, he's, I think his friend is like president of John Muir Health or something like that. And he wow. did like improv all throughout medical school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's hey, that's important. That's what you got to do. I, um, I am actually doing some extracurriculars, which I still like sometimes wonder if that's the wisest choice because <laughs> I like do run out of time sometimes. But, you know, I think it's it's good to do things that like – yeah, what do they always say? Things that fill your cup, right? Like things that yeah. that you enjoy. So for me, um, I mean, I do a little bit of like mentorship type stuff. I, I know, like obviously, this podcast is. I'm oh yeah, if you like, don't know, Amit is my mentor. <laughs> <laughs> my beloved yeah. mentor that I've never met in person yet. <laughs> well, I this is this is as close as it gets for now. But um, yeah, Christine's great, by the way. But um, so. 
yeah, mentorship type stuff. I've, um, I'm one of the chairs for like the global surgery student group. Um, and so like kind of trying to connect students with, connect students with other mentors. It's a whole, it's really just a pyramid of mentors. It's like mentors connecting other students with mentors above them and kind of doing that whole thing. Um, I was a big part of the emergency student, emergency medicine interest group for a while. Um, kind of putting on a lot of those case-based events, like what we were talking about and, you know, getting people exposed, doing some like practical teaching on wilderness medicine, stuff like that. Um, and yeah, just like, and going outside, you know, I used to like, pre-pandemic, used to go to the rock climbing gym fairly frequently. I'd, um, there's like pickup ultimate Frisbee in Golden Gate Park, which obviously not happening right now, but that was something that I like used to replace my IM sports. Um, so yeah, there's definitely still time, especially in preclinicals. There's like an, an almost unexpected amount of free time. It's just that there's also this pressure to fill every waking moment with studying. And that's, that's where you really have to kind of reel yourself in and say like, there's no point in studying for 20 hours today when I could like take care of myself and study productively for like five or eight hours or however long you have. Um, and so, like, finding that balance, uh, that's preclinicals. During clinicals, uh, most people don't do anything. I Like, right now, I've pretty much got, like, the bare minimum of my – I, like, send emails, and that's, that's about it. And then, like, exercise to keep myself sane. But for the most part, it's just work because um, you're kind of simulating residency where, like, you'll have time to do some projects in theory, but a lot of the time, your project, your extracurricular is learning. Um, so yeah, not a lot going on right now. Yeah. I mean, that's what we all said we love to do, right? When we wrote it on our application. That's right. I love learning. I'm all about it. <laughs> like a sponge. Okay. Well, yeah, I just, same thing, right? Yeah. Make sure you're doing things that can take your brain away from studies and keep you active and motivated. Um, so my next question is essentially what have been some of your favorite med school experiences? I know you talked about like the classes yeah. that you enjoyed where you diagnosed symptoms, but just like overall, like what have you enjoyed about your experiences? Even in COVID, I know it's been rough yeah. <laughs> being at home, but anything that really stood out to you that was like, I really enjoyed doing this, or I look forward to doing something when I go back to school or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing for me is, is my classmates, you know, the, um, it's, I don't know what the, the phrase for it is, but like bonded by trauma, you know what I mean? Like people get in a car crash and then they're like best friends forever. This is not, med school is not a car crash, but <laughs> it's definitely tough. And I think like the, the shared commiseration, um, with my classmates, um, really ha built a lot of strong, like, friendships before um things kind of shut down which is why that's so unfortunate that like the new classes can't really spend as much time together um but before pandemic we did like a tahoe trip which was amazing and like i think like 120 or 130 of us out of 150 like that's a lot of people across like four or five cabins it was insanity but like oh, that was went? that's crazy yeah yeah we it was insane um, and like so much fun. And honestly, even now, like the highlight of my day in the hospital is oftentimes going to the cafeteria and running into one of my classmates. And in, in the hospital, like 
the residents get um, like money for food, basically like given to them and they get a little extra. So if, if they're nice and if you do a good job, a lot of times they'll buy you lunch. It's like kind of a, a thing that happens. And so it's like me kind of tagging along behind my resident and I see another med student tagging along behind their resident. We kind of like say hi as we pass up. Oh, so nice. Like such a great little boost to the day to see, see a classmate, someone else like out here going through it. Um, yeah, those are like the, the first two. I mean, we have a lot of, or we had a lot of school-wide events um, that we would do. Like there was a class play and um, <laughs> we have a drag show every year. Do you guys That's know about so this? fun. <laughs> I've never it's, heard that. Yeah, UCSF has a drag show. I think it's going on like eight years now, maybe more. Um, amazing. Like so much fun. It was remote this year, which was like not as exciting as when like everyone's in person, but um, such a great event. And, you know, it's just like the community. It's not just med students. There's like, you know, professors are there. There's farm students and other students from other like pre-health schools um but yeah i think the community you know getting to like know people and just hang out and like can you believe that test test question like what how could how could they ask us that i don't know what's going on like that kind of stuff is is great <laughs> um this isn't actually one of the questions but i was just wondering did you go through any sort of like imposter syndrome when you got into school or did you like know anybody who did? Because I feel like I'm always like, oh, I'm not meant to be here. <laughs> oh, a hundred all the time. <laughs> yes, I, I would, I would. If anyone says that they didn't have any imposter syndrome, I, I, I'm very suspicious of them. I don't know. Like <laughs> I, I'm a pretty confident guy most of the time. Maybe because I've just faked it for so long that I like it's like become part of me, which I guess is the goal, right? That's how you, that's how you treat imposters. And that's how you make it. You fake it till you make it. Yeah. You fake it till you make it. Um, but no, absolutely. I had like a lot of doubts. I think especially as someone who like got off the wait list. Um, and like, I didn't interview as broadly as some of my classmates did. You know, some people have like really great interview cycles. And I think a lot of that got into my head and I was like, surely there's been a mistake. Like, I don't know if I'm really supposed to be here. Um, all that, you know, the classic stuff. Um, and I'm still here and I'm still doing it and it's been great. Um, but I think that's definitely something that a lot of people struggle with, uh, including myself. And I think something that actually helps a lot is not only the like fake it till you make it kind of like I'm going to do it, but really trusting your institution. Um, you know, like you, a lot of times I think the fear is that like, oh, somehow you slipped in, like the, the admissions people, surely they must have thought you were someone else and they, they mixed up the files and you just somehow got in. Um, and I think trusting that they saw something in you that was worth pursuing. And that's true for any position you have. You know, if you're like a GSI, um, the professor that hired you hired you because they assumed you you were able to do the job um or not that they assumed but that they assessed you know they they like they checked you out they have and you've got to trust their judgment in a way you know even if you're not sure that you're like in the right place the people who picked you thought that you should be there 
Um, and so I think trusting that. The other thing that really helps, I think, is um, talking to people who were where you were. So for me, talking to y'all um, and kind of remembering what that was like and um, realizing how far you've come. Like, if you've ever gone back and talked to high school seniors um, who can be very, very cocky, high school seniors always seem to think that they, like, know something you don't. And I'm like, you, you <laughs> haven't seen anything yet. Like, don't even, like, can you drive yet? Do you, what? <laughs> um, but I think, like, going back and kind of remembering that and then being like, I did that. Like, I survived, you know, I survived Berkeley. Or I, like, I made it through that one class. Or, like, even if you didn't make it through, like, I didn't make it through that class, but I'm back now. And, like, can you believe that? Um, and realizing that, because, like, I don't know. You, There's this great, like, Winnie the Pooh quote. It was, like, you're stronger than you believe. No. You're smarter than you think, braver than you believe, and stronger than you think. No, I said think twice. Anyway, <laughs> someone, look oh, up yeah. this Winnie, someone look up this Winnie the Pooh quote because it's really excellent. And I think it's like a great pick me up when you when you're not so sure of yourself. That's so funny. Are, are you um, looking it up right now? Yeah, I'm trying to look it up. <laughs> um, no, I actually um, I really appreciate that. I think it's always interesting, and also you're right. High school, like I when I was GSIing, there was a kid who was like they would email and be like. Like, I don't think, like, the teaching is very, <laughs> this is not a quote, but he was like, the teaching is not very good. I've taken general chemistry and I got an A in high school. And I was like, this uh, is a different ballpark. Oh, child, this is Berkeley, man. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. I took general chemistry twice before I took chemistry in college and it was still not it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely. But you, like, you made that transition, right? Like, you are now... I mean, if you remember, like, your first class at Berkeley, I remember running to my first math discussion for Math 1A, and, like, I ran into the room, like, I'm so sorry I'm late. GSI wasn't even there. He was, <laughs> he was like, he was also late, and he came in, and he's like, yeah, I don't really feel like doing a whole lot today, so, like, you all just study on your own. And I was like, I'm going to fail. Like, this is awful, and it worked out. So, you know, it works. Things work out. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and then, so, yeah, we just have one more question. We've been going, I think it's been, yeah, it's a fog, almost a little over an hour now. So I think we just, wow. yeah, one Time more question. Then we're going to wrap it up. Yeah. It's been a great discussion. Um, So if you could propose one change to your medical school's curriculum as it stands now, what would it be and why? So just a quick thought provoking question about something you would want to see changed based on your experience over the last couple of years. Ooh, this is a good one. You guys aren't going to tell the deans, are you? You're going to get in trouble. <laughs> it's okay. Like, 20 people watch this thing, so you're totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, also, like, one of the great things is that um, the the administration is relatively, um, uh, like, responsive to feedback, which is great. I think if I could change something... Hmm... I don't know. There's some things that I feel like don't work that well with like, um, like they really mean well, you know, there's things where they try to teach us about like the theory of learning and how to be a better learner. 
um, or they try to teach us, you know, like how the payment system works, how insurance works, like stuff that's not strictly medicine, but is like very important. And like, I knew it was important and I wanted to learn it so bad. And I just like the way it was delivered to us, something about it, like it was really hard to get through some of those lessons. Um, and so I think if I could just like revamp those, um, cause I think they're like so important, that would be something. The other thing that came to mind, and this is something that like, I have some classmates working really hard on this with the administration are, is, um, kind of bringing our curriculum up to date in terms of like gender neutral, uh, designations and like, um, race based medicine or really the lack thereof, you know, trying to, um, just bring ourselves a little more up to date on how things should be and treating people more consciously in that way. Um, and there's, there are like definitely efforts to do that. I was really encouraged when I rotated on OB-GYN, um, like all the doctors were working really hard to say like patients with uteruses instead of women. Because, like, we, we care for a lot of people who don't identify as women but have uteruses. Um, and so, like, there is change, and it's happening, and people are working on it. But I think just, like, continuing that work because um, it's so important. And, like, the amount of times I've heard these traumatic, like, medical stories, uh, I don't know. That's something I feel like we can really we can, we can fix. Or it should be, it should be a fixable problem. Yeah. <laughs> I, I should say that within um the medical community and that always starts with education too you know exactly and it's so crazy to think like we have problems in san francisco and in ucsf which is such a or at least touted as this very like forward leaning institution um i can only imagine in like other parts of the country how how that stuff goes down yeah. Same with like, I think Berkeley in general, people always think it's a very like leftist liberal school, but that doesn't mean that like things aren't happening at the university. And I feel like sometimes like things can also slide because people have that assumption already too. You know? Definitely. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Berkeley's a funny place. I, I know also because like we have that whole free speech movement history and they're like, yeah, we, we protest and we like, we're all about it. But, um, you know, we still got to keep working on it. It's not like, Oh, we did that one thing and now we're good. Like, yeah, it's, an, it's a, it's a, a constant pursuit, just like learning for medicine and everything else. <laughs> you know, you're always working, um, but you can have fun while you do it too. Well, thank you so much for letting us pick at your brain. This was actually even we've talked before and this has <laughs> still been very helpful. I hope to like have coffee with you someday. You seem so cool. Definitely. Yeah. Hit me up. And I mean, for anyone listening, like, reach out to me. If I don't have time to talk to you, like I can definitely redirect you to someone who, who can answer some questions and just break it down because mm-hmm. we want to make sure y'all get the help you need. Yeah. And thank you for being a mentor as well. Cause I feel like, especially, so for me, I'm a first generation student. I feel like a lot of people don't have that type of like, um, sort of like leadership and like figuring out where to go, what to do, um, and just like where to start. So like, thank you for that. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.